Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode. I have a special guest for you today. Her name is Susie Rosenstein. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Susie. She and I have just met, and I was thankfully interviewed on an upcoming podcast with her too. But in our conversation, I was just so taken with her, I don't know, her enthusiasm, her spark, her heart, everything. And so I really wanted to share her with you as well. So let me tell you a bit more about her. So she is an MA, Master Certified Life Coach and host of the popular podcast for midlife women. It's called Women in the Middle, and it's got over 1.3 million downloads. Having wasted five years being stuck herself, She knows how frustrating and painful it can be. She uses her upbeat approach with the serious topic of aging to help you get clear about what you want, to get unstuck, and to live your best life. She has got all kinds of gems to share with us today. Susie, welcome to the show. I'm so pleased about about our conversation. Oh, I know. And you know, we have a spark together. Candy, I loved having you on my podcast and I was delighted when you asked me to come. So thank you. And thank you for saying those beautiful, kind words. Appreciate it. I really, you know what, you're welcome. And podcasts for me are conversations. And I know that my listeners, they want to hear, they want to hear the real conversation. So even if I make it mess up or something like that, we just leave it in. Let's just keep it real. These are real people listening to us. So could we start by hearing a little bit about how you began as a coach and also your evolution as a coach? Sure. So my background is like my education, my uh, master's degree is in applied social psychology. And I was really into qualitative methodology, long-term, uh, long-form interviews and I just loved that work. And back then I studied um, eyewitness testimony, reliability kinds of 
stuff. And then that led me into something completely not related, um, but it was the relationship between children and their pet dogs. And so I got really good at, at interviews and listening and looking for patterns of speech and all kinds of things. And I went on to get work and I ended up working in the field of health promotion and health education for 27 years. And the last 19 were in a book publishing department of a hospital. And it was, um, we worked primarily with addiction and mental health topics. And I focused on stuff with family. And I really liked that. And I was there, like I said, for 19 years. And it was really good until I was there too long. And I didn't really realize I was there too long, but I started to feel really stuck and stagnant. And I used to fantasize about being laid off. And I just found myself, you know, thinking the what so many people our age think is this all there is. I think I meant for more. What's happening here? I, I, but I don't know what I want. Like, I was so confused. Saying I was confused was the most common thing that came out of my mouth. And I just kept thinking, if just somebody could tell me what to do. <laughs> I just want somebody smarter than I am to tell me what to do. And then one day I got the knock at the door and I got laid off. And, you know, even though I'd been fantasizing about it, it was horrible. <laughs> it, was, it felt so harsh and it was horrible. And it took me uh, a, a few, probably at least six months to like settle in and, and cope with that feeling of betrayal and confusion and all of that. And eventually I hired a coach because that what that's what one does. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at that point, I was starting to, you know, think about what I should do next. And I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't quite have any clarity at that point or the nerve. But I knew I would wanted to be an entrepreneur. And there was evidence since I was 12 that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I dabbled in all kinds of things for years, calligraphy, uh, making FEMO jewelry and selling it, uh, making beaded wire um, head coverings. I'm, I'm Jewish and I made for uh, 10, 12, 14 years, I made these beaded, beaded wire uh, kippahs. And one of those ended up in the Museum of Modern Art in an exhibit, believe it or not. It was like the craziest story ever. Just doing what I loved. I dabbled in direct sales and all of that. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I really didn't have a clue. And it seemed really scary to me. And with the work of the coach, what I realized was, wow, coaching is effective. Because I was a little skeptical. I came from a pretty academic background, worked at academic institutions, and I thought, I'm not really sure what coaching is, and maybe they're not staying in their lane, and I don't know. I was really con just not sure about that. And then I hired one, and it was like, whoa, this is interesting. They're mm -hmm. totally staying in their lane, and I'm getting some huge insight that I didn't have before. Uh, and that's what happened. I thought, well, I wonder where she got trained. And as I got my education severance, what do you know? It was the same exact amount of money as the coach training certification was. <laughs> I took that as a sign and away I went, only focusing at that point on learning a new skill. But before I knew it, I was sucked into the possibility of being an entrepreneur. And that's how all of that started.
it's like a treasure hunt, isn't it? You know, you think yeah. about you think about life was good until you were getting to this point in your life where you're feeling stuck, you were feeling confused. And I love that you talked about fantasizing being laid off. Like it's the one thing when you're in control and it's like, oh, it would be so amazing. It's another thing when somebody else instigates it and now you're not in control, right? And so I talk often with my clients about a treasure hunt, especially with my life coaching clients. And this idea that you, you, your heart, who you really are, you really know exactly what's right for you. And there's clues left everywhere. And that's exactly what you've described, these clues that were left for you and these signs. And you were awake and aware enough to notice and to take eventually. Eventually. We're all like, we're all like that. (laughs) Oh my God. I was stuck for five years. I mean, from 45 to 50, that's when it all went down for me. I cannot believe it was that long. Hmm. Have you ever gone back and sort of done the taxonomy on it and said, well, wait a minute. I kept saying I was stuck, but could you see signs where there was actually growth happening? You know, sort of like you were, you know, kind of the butterfly in the chrysalis and you're actually changing and you just didn't recognize it at the time. Yeah, I think I can. I think I can. Like uh, originally I thought I, I thought I might have depression. I saw my doctor and she's like, you don't have depression. I just recognized that it was something I hadn't felt before because I had been so content for so long and I'm an enthusiastic, upbeat person. And I wasn't right. And there were, there was a big reorg going on. And then there were also some huge personal things that happened where close family members or friends passed away unexpectedly. And also we had a massive flood in my house that needed a huge renovation. It was just like so much stress and so much intense stuff. Um, So that doctor was amazing. And and she was my family doctor. And she just said, you know, I think you need some time off. (laughs) Like, really? Like what kind of time off? She says like a leave. A leave of absence. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I did take an unpaid leave. And I remember thinking, okay, I have no clue what I want to do, but I want to calm down. And I reduced, I remember thinking when I have babies, I have three kids. And when those babies are small, all you can do is one thing a day. That's what I found. My experience was I'm either going to take a shower <laughs> or I'm going to do some laundry, but I'm not going to do both. <laughs> it's one right. thing only. <laughs> so I did that at, at home when I was first just coping with a layoff and my identity working uh, at this place for so long, which, like I said, most of the time I loved it. I had just been there too long. And um, I just thought I'm going to do one thing a day. I'm not just going to be lunching with my friends. I'm not just going to dive into decluttering the house. I'm just going to just calm down and do fewer things and just get myself back together, you yeah. know, and and it it did take a while to get over that feeling of being laid off the harshness of it. That definitely took time. I took a course offered by the community center, which was terrific. Just doing some career uh, aptitude testing, just that kind of thing. The other thing I had done before I got laid off was I started to just think about the types of things I've been fascinated by professionally or that could be professions and just learn a little bit more about them. So I came up with a wacky list and I just 
checked it all out. Like I always kind of thought guidance counselor or go back to school and maybe do a PhD in psychology. Mm -hmm. So that was on the list. And so was being a dog groomer and checking out um, solar powered windows, solar energy, solar power, solar energy. That's what I meant to say with those panels. I'm fascinated by that. I love gardening. So I checked out landscape architecture. I checked out floral design. I checked out being a real estate. I love all the home shows. Um, I did always want to be a marine biologist, but I, I couldn't see how that was going to happen as an older person. Um, so I just really started to be open to this kind of thing. But at the beginning, I wasn't thinking I need to be an entrepreneur, even though I knew deep down I needed to be an entrepreneur. I was still too fearful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was still too fearful. And uh, but I did just start knocking on doors, even though I thought I would be hired by somebody else. The fear really surprised me because the fear was really coming from uh, thoughts about aging and thinking that perhaps I'd aged out and Mm -hmm. there were fewer possibilities for me than I imagined when being employed by other people. I had no idea I was thinking that, but in hindsight, I see that I was. Yeah. And so a lot of people that listen to this show, they are, you know, 40 plus. And no matter what age we are at, we kind of have that, I wonder, I feel vibrant, but I wonder if I'm a little too old, right? And so I love that you share this journey because it just gives people heart. They'll hear parts of your story that, oh, that sounds similar to how I felt or what I might be thinking. But let's talk about this transition from what you were doing becoming a coach, and then becoming an entrepreneur, especially at, sorry, this is a tongue-in-cheek, this is audio only, but tongue-in-cheek at the advanced age (laughs) of 50, essentially, right? Yeah, Yeah, I think I was probably 51, I I think I was 51 when I finished coach, uh, the first level of coach training. Just ready for your second chapter. Right. <laughs> exactly. Totally. totally the right. First kid, the first kid left the house. Um, it was really perfect timing. Well, you know, as I was going through coach training, all of a sudden you're seeing successful coaches because there's people ahead of you and there's people who have made those decisions. And I couldn't get one thing out of my mind that happened while I was on that exploration in the five years of stuckness. And I it has to do with um with needlepoint, believe it or not. And I uh, took on three needlepoint projects when my kids turned 13, because I'm Jewish, there's a bar mitzvah, and there is a little, um, a little, uh, what's the word? Oh, I've lost the word. I'm having a midlife moment on audio. Uh, A little package, case with a zipper, pouch. Mm. Pouch Mm. is the word, candy. Pouch. Oh, that was painful. And so anyway, um, there's a prayer shawl that is carried in these little pouches and many grandmothers will needlepoint those little pouches. And it's an it turns into an heirloom that the kids will have forever. So I thought there's no grandma who's going to do this. It's me. Mm-hmm. So I thought I better learn how to do it. So I started to go to this needlepoint store and I was taken with this like 
it had high ceilings and it had beautiful canvases on all the walls. And then it had a whole wall of all the colored threads. It was so beautiful. But one day I went in there and there was this table of ladies at the back. So it's one of those higher tables that you don't sit around. You stand and like lean over. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the store was teaching these ladies. There must have been five or six of them there. They, they were so focused. They had lighting and everything. And she was teaching them something. I think it was beating uh, on the needlepoint. And I just looked at that and I thought, how did this woman figure out how to make a business out of needlepoint? What is going on here? This place is in the middle of nowhere. There's no walk by places. Yeah. Like yeah. it's really, it was in like an industrial park where the destination space is what it is, right? Apparently. I'm yeah. like, who is she? How did she figure this out? And I went back to work at my desk. I remember it clear as day, just having a pause, just going, what? How come she's an entrepreneur? How come I'm not an entrepreneur? I always thought I'd be an entrepreneur by now. <laughs> So that just kind of stuck with me. So then I get laid off, yada, yada, yada. I end up thinking and being around all these people who have made decisions to take the leap. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like the timing was right. Now I had a really solid skill and it would be okay. I just started to believe that it would be okay. Yeah. And it can be as simple as that. It will be okay. You can figure that out, right? Like we don't have to have these big grandiose thoughts. We just have to keep it simple and something that we can just hang on to when we're feeling kind of nervous. Right. Well, and I also have to say though, I am married and my, uh, my husband has a good job. And so I knew, and I had a severance. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I had a little bit of wiggle room there for a while. I didn't really even know what the while was, but I knew that it would be okay to start. And what I've learned uh, being a coach for this amount of time now is that all we can really do is make the next best decision. There's no guarantees. There's nobody going to give me my future plans in a box with a bow. Tiffany, please. The beautiful yes. blue color. Hello. Would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. But what we can do is make the next best decision. Yeah. And at that point, it really it felt very possible to start. And so just the starting. 10 years after the fact, you've had a pretty amazing trip. I wanted to make sure that we spoke about that as well. Um, and I think we could just call it whale magic, right? Like, yeah. so 10 years after becoming an entrepreneur, becoming a coach, you have had this amazing experience. Can you talk about how you made that come true? Absolutely. So first of all, I just want to say, there's been so much good, but it's still work to allow myself to celebrate all the amazingness without saying, but this isn't done and I could do better and I could be more successful and I could blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I like most people listening at this moment, <laughs> these <laughs> thoughts still pop in, but what we need to do is manage them. But of course they still pop in, yeah. but there has been a lot of amazing things that have happened. And one of them is that I really believe that aging is a gift. Hmm. And being clear on that belief and diving into the world of working with midlife women, where I know that I'm not the only one that needed to work on that belief, although I didn't have to work on it that much. 
Um, and the reason I didn't have to work on it that much is because I've outlived both of my parents. So oh, okay. my mother passed when she was five. I was five. She was 32. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was 41. I was 12. And so I have outlived both of my parents. I'll be 60 this year. Right. And Growing up with that has really given me pause and it makes it so obvious that not everybody has the gift of aging. Not everybody has that privilege. And when you do have the privilege, privilege comes with responsibility. And when you understand that you just can't wait around for fun things to happen and magical things to happen, you can create the magic. And that whole thing has fueled me. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that, you know, and it sounds like such a a surface level statement, you know, privilege, privilege to be aging. And lots of people say that, but I wonder how many people really take that to heart and then say, okay, that means I get to create something amazing. I get to experience this. I get to share these things. I get to enjoy it. And you know, just really integrate that. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about your whale trip? Because I think that really highlights everything that you've described. Oh my gosh. You're asking me to talk about whales. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for asking me that question. (laughs) Okay. So I love whales. My name is Susie Rosenstein and I love whales and I've loved (laughs) whales since 1985. And remember I said I was fascinated. I I thought I wanted to be a marine biologist and that was even before I knew that I loved whales. But what happened in 1985, I was spending the summer in Maine and I saw a flyer, like a little flyer on a telephone pole that said whale watching. And I remember thinking, what is that? Mm. Mm. Yeah. What is that? I I was beside myself. So I booked the the trip and it blew my mind. Now this was back in the day I was I was in my early 20s. I, I would have to count on my fingers and toes to figure out exactly how old I was. Maybe I was 25. <laughs> and anyway, I I just thought I didn't even have a good camera at that point, which is interesting because I I love nature photography, and this is one of the things that really inspired me to do more nature photography. I had a bad camera, and I saw some of the largest animals in the world. So on that trip, I saw finback whales, mostly, and they're the second largest animal, second to blue whales. Anyway, it was an unbelievable trip that you could just be on a boat and be in this space and see these beautiful things, and it really sparked my imagination and my passion So I made sure that I did more whale watching. It became something that I really did on purpose um, for as as much as I could. Now, I didn't I don't live anywhere that it's so close. I'm in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can drive to Cape Cod about 10, about nine or 10 hours. Oh, that's quite the drive. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go to Tadoussac, Quebec. That's about 11 hours from where I am. Great whale watching, but it's not Mm -hmm. like two hours away. So anyway, I would take vacations if I went somewhere on a conference or a mastermind or whatever. Anytime I had an opportunity to go whale watching, I would go. And this is what had been happening over the years. And then uh, I have my 60th birthday coming up. So I just fast forwarded a couple of decades. And 
I thought, okay, this is an opportunity. I'm a midlife coach. <laughs> I need to be a great mole or role model about turning 60. What do I really want? Mm-hmm. So I came up with this idea called six and 60 and I wanted to focus on like a, a blueprint for celebrating your 60th birthday. It could be adapted to any birthday, but six and 60 is fun sounding. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'm going to come up with six ways to celebrate and I'm going to talk about turning 60 all freaking year. <laughs> so here I am. And, so, and celebrate all year too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. hundred percent. So I'll tell you the six categories and I'll leave. Um, and, and the first one has to do with, with the whale watching. So I'll just be brief on the other ones. But the very first question was, what brings me joy? That's an obvious question, but what brings me joy so much that I tear up? Just mm. the thought of it, I tear up. And as I got quiet and I asked myself that first question and I thought, oh my God, I want to go back to the whale watch I took 30 years ago in Baja, California, Mexico. Like wow. it was within a second that clarity came to me. Right. So just, and we'll go back to that, but the other categories are something that's luxurious to me, my definition, something that I want to learn, something that I actually want to purchase, something uh, uh, somehow that I want to connect more deeply with people and some form of entertainment. So I came up with each of these categories and and uh, and I have a podcast episode about it and and also a blog. So if you want more information, you can find that on my website. Um, anyway, this joy. So after I had this moment, I'm like, that is what I want to do. And then I thought, you know what? I've wanted to do it for 30 years and I didn't give myself permission because I thought I want to bring my family. Mm-hmm. It just in my mind, I needed to bring my family. Now, this is not a regular whale watch. This is like far away it's very remote. Like you don't just drive and park in the parking lot. It's in the middle of the desert, in the middle of Baja, uh, in the middle of nowhere. It really is the middle of nowhere and not easy to get to. And you live in a tent for four. It's in a tent. Cool. Um, Yeah. So you're really in the middle of nowhere. So I thought I have to take my kids. This would be the best thing to take my kids. And I could never really justify it because it's very niche. Mm -hmm. Not everybody... They do. They would love a tent, but not everybody wants to go whale watching like, I don't know, six, seven times over four days. Uh, and it's they a lot don't? of money. To spend what? To they don't. I'm I know. I know. <laughs> what? Who are those people that don't want to do that? That I raised. And I did take them on two whale watches over the years or you no know, one. Was it just one? I think it was just one. A- anyway. And it, this, it just came to me and it's shocking to me that I didn't think of it before, but I didn't. I had to set the stage turning 60, being a role model and wanting extreme joy. And I have my health now, right? So I want to go back to this place. So I look up online, Baja Expeditions, and I look up the trip. It's still there. And boy, have it became luxury. When I did it, it was roughing it. (laughs) We were in a tent on the beach on a cot. Like the, the tent was on the sand. It was really very like the food was great, but it was, it was a little rough. Uh, and now there, it was glamping, but it was glamping on steroids. It was like a boutique hotel in a tent. Uh, these oh, individual so cool. tents, unbelievable. There was a sectional in my tent. There was a dresser. There was a really big bed. There was a composting toilet. There were two. It was like a pedestal, like um, 
two sinks, not cool. one, two but sinks two. and <laughs> and warm shower. Unfreaking believable. So anyway, I thought I'm doing this. And again, I'm thinking, well, it's too niche. I'm just going to do it myself because it's with a group. I'll be fine. I did it myself when I was in my 20s. When I did it in my 20s, there was no internet, uh, really. Internet wasn't, I, I like found it in the back of a travel magazine and I wrote a letter and they sent me a catalog. That's oh, what gosh. Back then. Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go. And I'm like, ah, I'm sitting here right where I'm sitting now. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Oh my God, I'm going to do this. So I booked the trip. Then I tell my husband, I didn't invite him, but I'm doing the trip. I'm like, you don't <laughs> want to go, do you? <laughs> He's like, no, you, you just go. I said, okay. And then I mention it to my best buddy from high school. She's like, I want to go. I'm like, really? Wow. Great. Big, intense whale watching thing. She's like, I totally want to go. I'm like, all right. And then I started blabbing about it. In my community, the Women in the Middle Academy, I started blabbing and one of those women wanted to come. And then in another community where I'm a participant, it's another coaching, uh, another coach's community. And a woman started asking questions. And I had actually been on a whale watch with her at a mastermind in California a couple of oh, years before. Fun. So she texts me. She's like, Susie, what are you doing? <laughs> said, I'm doing this totally cool thing. Do you want to come? And she goes, oh, my God. And I sent her the note and she booked it within days. Wow. So now there were four of us. Right. And I thought, wow, I get to share this experience. I'm the only one who's done anything like this before. Yeah. Two of these three ladies don't even know each other. And two of them, one of them has never been whale watching. And the other one has been that one time with me. And this is an intense trip. And I thought, this is so fun. I get to share my experience with yeah. other people who really want to be there. And that was how it went. And I just came back. It, it was, it happened in February, 2023. Mm -hmm. And now it's March. So I wasn't there long ago and it was unbelievable. It was everything I wanted it to be. What's so special about going whale watching this time of year in this particular place, which is called San Ignacio Lagoon, mm -hmm. is that the gray whales are there yep. and they're only there for two reasons. They're there to either have their babies or they're there to mate. It only happens for a couple of months every year. And this company, um, you know, there's very strict rules. It's a very protected area. It's a wildlife sanctuary, very strict rules about the number of boats and you have to leave zero footprint on the, on the land. So this, this tent situation, this, this mini temporary city that they build or town or village, I guess it's more of a village. Um, it's temporary and it all gets broken down and it takes months to set up again. And that's what they do. So it was amazing to be there. I brought pictures from when, you know, 30 years ago and some of the staff, they were fascinated, fascinated to see it. And uh, knew some of the people in the pictures. And it was just so amazing on so many levels. And the ladies who came with me each had a very specific goal of something that they wanted to overcome. And I did an interview with them a couple of weeks ago, like a panel interview talking about our trip. And I just love having the opportunity that I had a shared experience with them that we could actually talk about and what they were able to achieve and appreciate and fall in love with on that trip. So that's what I did in honor of my 60th. And I'm so happy that I took care of myself that way. Yeah. And just, you know, and so for the coaches that are listening, 
notice these hot tracks, right? Find something to ask yourself, what do you want? So many of the clients that I work with, when we first start working together, they don't even remember what they want anymore. Right. So to ask yourself what you want and to listen to what you desire. And then the question of what would bring me joy, but not just joy, extreme joy, and to listen and to give yourself permission to want it. And then right. and not to go to out and create it. it. Right. I didn't because Kathy, the thing, uh, Candy, I'm so sorry, Candy, the That's thing okay. is that it it like we would poo poo it down normally. Yes. It's like the good idea comes in and all of a sudden it's oh no, that's too it's hard. Not not, not right now or only only, oh. you know, I, I couldn't go this year, right? Like we find Exactly. And it's funny because those excuses they pop up before we've even had time to think about them. And so often we don't actually think the excuse through. We assume that because it's a thought that jumps into our head, it's true. Instead of exactly. going, "Well, wait a minute, what why not? Why not right now? So that would be the challenge for the listeners. You know, whether you're a coach or you're a client or you're thinking of being a coach, what would bring you extreme joy? And to give yourself permission to actually desire it and go out and make it happen. Ah, And you, you know what? I don't know that I would have come to that insight if I didn't add the crying part. Mm, right. Yes. Because I I would have thought of it bef- years before and I why it never even occurred to me like it wasn't on a list nothing mm-hmm. but it had that connection right I think it was because the very first time I did it I cried like when I had this encounter with a whale these are huge they're like 40 yes. or 45 feet oh, yeah. these gray whales were in boats that are like 20 feet little boats like mm-hmm. like with bench seating little fishing boats yeah open and i was leaning over and a whale was under the boat and started to turn over and she looked at me yeah. so her eye is massive we were maybe 18 inches apart her eye and my head leaning mm. over the boat and she blinked yeah i lost my mind <laughs> like i just <laughs> burst into tears and it, I described it and I have described it this way for 30 years that it was a very spiritual thing. Like it was interspecies communication. It, it, I felt so connected mm-hmm. and I had never had an experience like that before. I've had a similar experience. And, you know, for those of you who have been well watching and where you've been in that place where it's not so crowded, um, not, you know, tons of people with lots of noises and people's shutters clicking on their cameras. But I think that there is such a moment of quiet, deep quiet and peace that happens. And it is, it changes you forever because once you've touched that, you're, you can't go back. Like it, it, it's like it in a microsecond, it's like it sears your soul. It's like you can't do anything but crave that soul connection again, right? Hard to describe yeah, in words, but it. when you've experienced it, it's there. You know, it's there for forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what happened. And I guess adding that that level of joy, because, you know, something you said earlier, it's some of these statements about positivity and all the self-help like if you go into a store you're going to see some of these messages on pillows you might have a magnet it's going to be on your pinterest board 
But to really apply and ask yourself, like you were saying, and and to really listen and just not allow the drama and the chatter to mm-hmm. just let the desire sit there. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Really wow. Good. So we've covered a lot of stuff, <laughs> lots and lots of things today. Do you have any final thought that you want to share before we sign off for the day? Well, I would say that one of the things I've noticed hanging around with the 50 plus crowd as long as I have, and of course, being on the planet as long as we have, (laughs) (laughs) I just would really like us to be more curious about our thoughts about aging. Um, What I've noticed, at least with my friends, even friends, not even my community, but also my community, is that we think, so many of us think we're cool about aging. If you're not outwardly negative, mm-hmm. you probably think it's not an issue. You're cool with it. And I challenge that because I believe that so many of us don't believe that the best is yet to come. I, I don't think we really believe it. I think that, again, it's on a pillow. Mm-hmm. We share a post. Yeah. But do we really think that the best didn't happen already. Like, is it the best happened already? Or is it really the best is yet to come? Do we really think it's a downward slide to the end? Um, When you really are honest with yourself, most of us find a little more negativity than we think about our thoughts about the future. Uh, So the question is, are you really okay with aging? And at least be aware of what you're thinking. I had something kind of sneaky happen I love sneaky thoughts because they kind of bust you open. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was very simple. Somebody w- said, you know, wow, you don't look your age. And right away, it's like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at me. I don't look my age. But what is that about? Why isn't it OK to look your age? Why am yeah. I so excited that I don't look my age? Yeah. Do I really think it's better to look younger than I am? Clearly, when you respond that way, it's because of some belief that you have Mm -hmm. that it's better. Mm -hmm. So, again, that one really snuck up on me. And I I discovered it a couple of years ago. And I went, wow, that's so interesting because I totally think I'm cool with my age. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's a still an evolving thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mostly cool with my age. (laughs) Mm. So this be curious, you know, notice these little thoughts that just pop up. And yes, always, because and always the awareness, right? Totally. Because if you're not cool with your age, it's kind of like a wet negative blanket on so many parts of your life that you don't even really appreciate the impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes me think of the number of people that I speak with who are recently 40 and they're having a very similar experience to what you're describing about that not really 100% sure if they're okay with aging, not quite happy with being in the 30s, but not really sure what's to come either. So I think that it's almost no matter what age you are, you kind of come to this place of what is present now. Am I okay with who I am right now? Do I believe that there is more amazingness ready to come to me? right? And it's just a matter of, to me, it's a matter of making a commitment. 
Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. Right? Like just as simple as that. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can just be like, yeah, there is so much more great stuff to come. What do you think? And and if you believe it, what are you willing to do to create it? You know? Yes, 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 exactly. Wow. Susie, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Can you tell people how they can find out more about you? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Candy, for asking me that. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. I could tell right away that we were a good click. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you were on mine. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, totally. OK, so I have a website, obviously, SusieRosenstein.com, S-U-Z-Y, Rosenstein, R-O-S-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. And my podcast is there and blog and all the things. And I have a freebie that you're welcome to grab. It's called 10 Insightful Questions to Reimagine Your Life After 50. And you can get there by going to SusieRosenstein.com forward slash 10 questions. And that's the number 10, 10 questions. Wonderful. I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes. And I'm sure there's lots of people that are going to come through to your website, listen to your show. You've got lots of great episodes there. So I highly encourage people to go and listen. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.